Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. We found a new word. It's not a new word, but it's a new word to us. I just heard of it when you brought it up here tonight, and the word is transmissia. And we're going to tell you what it is right after this. So normally when we talk about uh, people that are being, as you would say, being gross to trans people, yes, we talk about transphobia. Mm-hmm. But you found this word transmissia. Here's the difference between the two. Transphobia refers to the fear, hatred, and discrimination against transgender people, while transmissia specifically refers to the fear, hatred, and discrimination against trans women. Oh, that's what this definition says, is that uh, it's more like transmisogyny, which is another word that I've heard a bit. Misogyny, of course, is hatred and discrimination against women in general. So then transmisogyny would be discrimination specifically against transgender women. It doesn't involve... Uh, the rest of our universe. There is also then transmissia, which is, so missia comes from the, I think it's a Latin root, which is a miseo, which I think is, if I, it's been a long time since I've taken my Latin, but I believe means to hate or I hate. And so, mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. transmissia means the hatred then of trans people as, a, as opposed to a phobia. Where, you know, like we think of arachnophobia or any of the phobias. Of That's, uh, you, I am afraid of, of it or whatever the, the phobia is. It's a fear of. And in, in, I think we as a community adopted that idea of, of homophobia originally. That was the first term that came out. And I think that that was a real coup for the, 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 the uh, LGBTQ community at that point, which was really mostly... Kind of the LGB community. You, yes, you said it was a a marketing home run. It was. It was. It, it. I don't think that most people's issue was necessarily fear. However, when we all started to talk about it as homophobia, it was saying it, it was really putting a lot of peer pressure on the haters. To, to you know to or the fear or the fear mongers right to come into line when when you realize when so many gay and lesbian and bisexual people were in the closet back in those days yes what we really needed to do was get the message out to say hey look we're just like you we are your neighbors we're your friends we're your relatives and who i date doesn't have any bearing on who i am as a person you don't need to fear me. I'm the same as anybody else. Right, exactly. I understand that completely. And, and, and I think it really, it, it worked. It, we all as a society have really come around in a big, big way just in the space of a single generation where it used to be okay to make gay jokes all the time. And I mean, it was never okay, but we used to think it was okay and you could get away with it. And now... We all recognize, hey, that's really not okay. Yep. And, of course, it, the same thing happens to be true of if you're, if you're picking a, a, a particular group of people, uh, such as uh, Norwegians, <laughs> and they tell Norwegian jokes. Sure. And I, I learned uh, sometime along the way that that really isn't appropriate. 
So I didn't want, I, I've got this big repertoire and I thought I'm going to have to give up all those jokes. Well, I don't have to. So what I did is I went back and looked in history and to find out, well, is there a society that there, that doesn't exist anymore? And it was the Hittites. And oh, I the thought, Hittites, sure. Yeah. That's, and so, I thought, so now you can tell Hittite so jokes. So I, I would tell Hittite jokes. who are you going to offend with that, right? Exactly. And I, I would say, well, uh, there were these two Hittites. They happened to be named Oli and Lena. But <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay. Obviously, that joke, you, you, we're, we're, we're making a joke, but we understand that in general, nobody's really offended by those. Right. Uh, because it, it all depends on who's, where is the oppression? And when the joke is contributing to societal oppression, that's where it becomes really a problem. And they talk in comedy about uh, it's not okay to punch down. So, but it's okay to punch up, so to speak. You put that in quotes. So if you're a black comic, it's fine to make fun of white people. Why? Because... As white folks, what is that going to do? You you can call us honkies all you want to, and it's not gonna. I'm. It's not gonna change anything. It doesn't hurt me or affect me at all, because we're part of the dominant uh, group. But when you're making fun of people that are less than you, that are lower on the social rung than you, what you're doing is helping to reinforce that. And make it seem like that other person that you think is a weirdo, they really are a weirdo. Uh-huh. And, and that's where it becomes a problem. So when, when we came up with that term, homophobia, we started to say, look, it's not okay to make these kinds of jokes anymore. And we're all just like you. That's and, right. And it really did change. Yes. It really did change. Uh-huh. Like you said, it was a marketing home run. I think so. But as we get into then uh, transgender issues, a lot of people are pushing. So originally we had just adopted the same language that you know so we would call certain things transphobic. And we all understand immediately what that means because we've been talking about homophobia for a long time. And, and I am not one of the people that's pushing to say that we should give up the word because I think it's a really useful word and people know what it means very quickly. You talk about transphobia and everybody knows what you're talking about. But I do think that transmissia can be a little bit more accurate. Several years ago when I first transitioned, but before I had had uh, some of the, the things to make me a little more passable. I remember I was down in Chicago, and I got onto the public transit. I got onto the, not the subway, but the, the L, I guess it was. And I, I went over to the front of the car. It was pretty busy. And I went up. There was a guy in the front, and, I, and, and he had his bicycle there, and he was standing there. But there was space right next to him, and it was the only open space other than some spaces way in the back of the car. And I said, do you, do you mind if I sit there? And he looked at me, and he immediately, what we call, clocked me. He, he saw me, and he could tell that I was trans. And he gave me a look, and he said, no, I'm sorry, sir, you can't sit there. And I was really taken aback, because I was not used to that by that point. For the most part, people that could tell at that point 
would not say anything because they realized they didn't want to be jerks about it. And, and those that would normally be a jerk didn't think of trans as an issue. But this guy, I don't know, it must have been just been because it was Chicago and he was more used to seeing transgender people, but he was not okay. He was a, he was a, a trans misogynist, I guess we could call him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was not afraid of me. He didn't fear me. No, but no he, phobia. But he clearly had hatred towards me. And, and he said, he said, no, I'm sorry, sir. And he very clearly yeah. emphasized yep. that word, sir. He put the quotation marks around. <laughs> yes, he did. And and he asked me to go stand in the back. And I thought, oh, it, it just, it really just irked me. And so I walked about halfway back to the door of the car. And I just stood there and I just, I was kind of in shock. And we went down another two or three exits. And we got to the stop there. And he took his bicycle and he rolled it out. And as he came past, past me, he said, and he was very, very intentionally said uh, to the woman next to him, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am. And he got to me and he said, excuse me, sir. And he said it very, very loudly. Yep. And I just, oh, I, I was really shocked. It was unlike anything that I had experienced in a long, long time. So he wanted to be intentionally offensive. Intentionally, yes. That was yeah. exactly right. And, and and there was no misinterpretation of that. That was pretty obvious. And this was not long after you came out. No, within the first year. Yeah. Within the first year. And the thing about it is that he didn't use any mean words. Is that is that wrong to say, excuse me, sir? No, I'm sorry, sir. Like, no, normally we would think in most contexts, that's respectful. It's what you should say. The context was obviously the fact that he knew that that would be hurtful. That he chose to say respectful words in other contexts in a way that he knew would be very disrespectful. And it really hurt. It stuck with me a long time. So he fits the word. Yes, he does fit the word. (laughs) And so... We see, I looked a little bit at some of the online discussions to talk about, well, why do other people uh, think that we should talk about this? First of all, in medical languages, phobias are anxiety disorders. So it's really unfair to people that have actual phobias because most people, it really is more of a hatred. Yeah. It's intentional. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if someone has a fear about trans or non-binary people, like the fear of the unknown in a changing world, that isn't really a phobia. That's more of just being um, kind of stuck in old ways. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not sure I don't. But as I think about it, I think there are a lot of people who have a fear of of people who are different from the run-of-the-mill normal person. Uh, for example, I think that there are people who are afraid of uh, people with Down syndrome, for example. I think there are people who will avoid those people, because not because uh, they have any hatred for them. They're just not sure how that person is going to react around them. 
are that just one example. I'm sure there are others. I'm sure there are others. I've heard people with disabilities, specifically with very obvious disabilities. Yeah, will talk about how uh, people will avert their eyes. Yeah, because oh, I'm just bad. You know, I'm I'm bad to look at or something. And I've heard them say that, and I think, oh yeah, that's. Uh, I can imagine how hurtful that would be and yet i don't know if you've ever done this but i know for me if i'm out and about and i see somebody that has some kind of an obvious uh disability or some something that you know maybe they've got uh they're missing a hand or something and when i notice it my initial reaction is to turn away because i don't want to look like i'm gawking yeah that's and then, right as soon i thought as I for do sure that, you were gonna say your re- initial reaction was to give them a hand Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I'll admit it. That wasn't that great. <laughs> um, and but I think you're right. I think, I, I think we all intentionally do that. And, and I know for me, as, um, as someone who lived the first part of my life not realizing that I was transgender, I knew that I always wanted to be a woman, but I never thought of myself as transgender. So when I would see actual transgender people, I would think, oh, I'm... That's that must be a really hard life. I can't imagine living like that. That would be, oh, that's uh, that person is a weird person, and oh, I'm glad I'm not like that person. And of course, we tell ourselves stories all the time to try to avoid things, and that's huh. what I told myself. Yeah, I, but I, you, I were, you were trying to convince yourself. I was trying to convince myself. Yeah, that's right. And I think that happens a lot in the gay community and and the lesbian community. People who are reacting ne- negatively are afraid that they may be like that it used to, i used to say that when you see somebody that is strongly uh well this is where we can go back to to transphobic when you see somebody that is strongly transphobic or excuse me strongly homophobic i used to say that nine times out of ten they're probably in the closet themselves yeah but I've come to think I'm wrong. Okay. Because I don't know that that one out of ten exception exists. Mm. I, I, it is so ubiquitous that when somebody is just really, really out and, you know, you see these preachers online that are, oh, you know, homosexual, this and that, and God's wrath and everything. When that is their pet issue, why do you think that's their pet issue? Yeah, yeah. I, I would think. They think they are. It sure, it the, sure seems like they they're preaching against themselves more it, than anything else. They're yes, they're trying to convince themselves that I'll never be like that. And in reality, they 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 are what they are. And how is that? How how is that any different than anyone else? It's like saying, "Oh, I'm afraid I I might be left-handed." You know, really. I mean, what's the big deal? Have you ever feared being left-handed? No, I love it. <laughs> but but I bet you've noticed a lot of times as a left-hander. Every time. You you know, I'm always shocked. I'm always shocked. I, when we go out to eat dinner and there is a left-handed uh waiter or waitress that comes up, you comment on it. Every single time. And so does mom. <laughs> We're both left-handed. And I don't see her comment on, on it nearly as much as you. Well, I see you notice it every time. But when I notice it, 
it's because it's a connection. Oh, and sure. so what I usually say, I know what the, you say because I've heard it. Uh, yeah, dozens, maybe yeah. hundreds of times. Probably, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, stuff like you and I know that everybody doesn't know. All great people are left-handed. <laughs> uh, that's what I say, and, then and I can tell you just about every president. I was going to say. Left-handed. Then you go on to the presidents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And and so when you are part of a group that's that is not part of the mainstream, you notice when you're when you're not part of it. And when when mom and I are watching television, we notice it, mm-hmm. and we comment on it. All we say is left-handed, <laughs> and it's a connection. It's sure. not it's it's not a fear. It's not a. Uh, being concerned that I might be. Hey, I know I am, and that's just fine with me. I think it's kind of cool, actually. I th- I think it's neat because we are only twelve percent of the population, and I I think that that kind of sets us off as having a connection that's really cool. I I spent my whole life wishing that I could be left-handed. <laughs> I, I no, I actually I do remember though in in school I remember having a whole conversation where the teacher taught us about left-handed scissors and the right-handed scissors and oh, how yeah. how how difficult it would be and I remember the kids that were that were in and thinking oh yeah oh Kevin is a left-hander and you know <laughs> mom and I both we have nine grandchildren and we were hoping that all, at least one would be left-handed. And we don't have a one. No, no. That's how that goes. The third thing with the reason to move from transphobia to trans uh, uh, transmissia is transphobia really downplays the aspects of it that are beyond the individual level, at the social level, or at the level of institutions. There are a lot of things that conspire against uh, the transgender community in ways that many other people in the LGBT plus community are not as aware of. Because if you are gay or lesbian, you it comes up a lot. Don't get me wrong. It comes up if you have a picture of yourself and your spouse up at work, you can bet you're, you're going to be aware of it and cognizant of where it might come up. Or you're telling a story about, oh, what did you do over the weekend? Oh, I went out with my, and now you have to decide. Am I going to say I went out with my wife or am I going to say I went out with my spouse? Or, or my or my uh, significant other. Right. Do you, How much do you decide? And so it does become an issue. Or when somebody assumes that your spouse is an opposite sex partner, all of those things, it does come up. Mm-hmm. It does. But many times you can sort of put it aside and go on as if you you don't even have to think about it. You go on and you do the work and you have the meeting and you talk about the things. But when you're a transgender, it is there all the time. It's present all the time. Uh, people are always going to be referring to me and they're always going to be using pronouns. And so uh, thankfully for me, everybody automatically uh, uses she, her pronouns. But if they didn't, if it was not obvious what my pronouns were, if I was non-binary and I used they, them pronouns, or if I didn't pass so well and you would look at me and still think, well, that's a guy, well, that would become obvious frequently. 
it would become obvious frequently. Of course. And you couldn't get away from that. And so for somebody that chooses, knows what my pronouns are and refuses to That's use them, intentionally offensive. It is part of the system, and that is part of that hatred and not just part of a fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's the thing. And you now you learned a new word and you can see and you can also watch for aspects of it. You will now encounter more of this and just like any word that you learn now that you've seen it, you'll see it come up in more context. Maybe you will and maybe you won't. Maybe it won't catch on. Oh, maybe but it won't. It just in in my search I just happened to come across that and when I tried to search for more I had a difficult time trying to find it again. We would love to hear your feedback on this. What do you think about this? Have you heard the term? Do you think it would be great to switch over? Do you think, ah, oh, it doesn't matter so much? And how can they reach you with that? Uh, you can email transcendent at gmail.com is going to be the best way to reach us. And I especially want to know, if you are a lefty in the audience, <laughs> email us and let us know. We would love to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button. When you subscribe, when you hit the subscribe button, which is free, that will help move us up in the search engines. And already we're seeing ourselves come up in a lot more searches, and we're really grateful for all that you've done so far. So thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. And don't forget to tune in next Monday morning. Mm-hmm.